I'm Deontay Burden, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media and DailyThunder.com. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up? So the Thunder, they've played some games, some some real basketball games, and they've won one of them. The only one I didn't watch. Oh, you didn't watch <laughs> So they're 0-3 on my timeline. Oh, this is all your fault, Alex. I know. you got to stop watching. Uh... <laughs> The Houston game. What? Yeah. What were your feelings on that game? It was a. It just. It's. It was weird. I just feel weird about it. How do? How did you feel? Uh, I thought it was weird. How non weird I felt, Andrew. Like okay. the, the, Like watching Russ. Like it wasn't that big of a deal. It's just like, oh, there's Russ. He's doing <laughs> Russ things. Like it's nice to see him again. He's still playing basketball somewhere. That's cool. That's good for him. I. I. I I did not react the way I thought I was going to react. Because usually when I watch Houston, like I just hate them. Yeah. And I still have those feelings for James Harden, especially there were a few points in that game where he was, you know, flopping or whatever. In fact, there were those two push-off calls on Schroeder. Yes. One was Eric yeah. Gordon. Oh, yeah. One was Eric Gordon. But where the Eric one Gordon that- literally just, I mean, Eric Gordon just literally held his hand on Schroeder <laughs> yeah. the whole way to the basket, and somehow that was a foul on Schroeder. So, like... The Rockets still have their identity. You yeah, know? Oh, I, they I, do. Yeah, I still dislike them, but like, I don't dislike Russ. I kind of thought I was gonna like hate Russ and like have fun rooting rooting against him. Yeah, but it, it, I didn't. I didn't get those sensations. I was just like, oh, there's Russ. Good to see him. He's <laughs> running around. There yeah. he is. He's you, shooting threes. You've you've softened a little bit on the Rockets. I did soften. Wow. I almost feel like I like Russ more now. Like I almost. I was able it was more relaxing to watch him mm-hmm. cuz I didn't really care about the outcome like I didn't at the end of that game I wasn't thinking about the mistakes he made in that game which he made his fair share of mistakes you know I was just thinking of you know just watching Russian general and like what it is like to watch Russ I mean he's just so energetic especially compared to that team yeah I mean he he completely changes that team's identity when he's running things yeah, he looks a thousand times faster with Houston because no <laughs> yeah, one else runs the court. <laughs> right. And he was really good. And it was I that's that's what was weird about it for me is that I didn't have I I thought the same thing. Like I'm I'm going to hate every moment of this. And I I enjoy watching Russell Westbrook play basketball. That's what I discovered is that he was really fun and did stuff like his offensive rebounding, like that stuff stuck out so much more. Uh, against the Thunder, whereas with the Thunder, I think you just came to expect it. And then watching the Thunder for three games, and you see uh, lots of slow guys, and then you see him playing, you're like, oh wow, like I, that's, I remember that, and that was awesome, and he was really great. Uh, and you know, the Thunder played well in that game, except for the third quarter. If we mark out the third quarter, the Thunder played really well. The third quarter was just abysmal. Like that shows you like the basement levels of where this team can be. Uh, but overall, they played well. I thought that 
Uh, they didn't struggle to score the basketball as bad as they did, like in the Rocket or in the Jazz game. Uh, and they're starting to kind of figure some stuff out. And the things they haven't figured out are kind of a mystery to me. And it's it lies within Stephen Adams. And like, what the heck is wrong with Stephen Adams? And and why is he playing so poorly? Because uh, if he played well, like if he played just an average Stephen Adams game from last season, like 14 points, nine boards, the Thunder probably win that game. And where he doesn't turn, he, he was only credited with one turnover. I swear he turned the ball over seven times. Yeah, and it's especially weird because if he hadn't had the preseason he had, you know, maybe we could come to expect this because it's not like his season ended mm-hmm. in miraculous fashion. I mean, the end of the right. Thunder season last year was all of us talking about how Ennis Cantor had outplayed him. Yep. So if he had just started the season like that with no preseason, like, yeah, maybe we could just – we would almost not expect it, but it wouldn't be as surprising. But his preseason, like – he was the focal point of the offense for points during mm-hmm. a lot of those games. And he looked really good doing it. And he was looking super aggressive and super confident in his offensive game. And so to see that just evaporate as soon as like the real game started, I, I just don't understand what happened. There's like, there's something going on. Like yeah. I, I just I don't think <laughs> I, I love the people that just comment <laughs> to me on Twitter. Oh, he's just washed now. Like he's just done. <laughs> Dude, I know <laughs> people always say that about any player who's in a funk. Yeah, uh, uh, just watch now. I think there. I mean, I think there is physically something going on. I don't know that it's a knee. I know that he banged his knee, but he was bad before then. Um, I I don't think it's that. I think there's some. There's just has to be something else going on with him that we don't know about, and. I feel I feel bad for him because he's not a guy that had has had trouble catching the basketball, uh, but he's definitely had trouble catching the basketball. Some of that's chemistry, but not all of that's chemistry. Like some of that is something else. And so, if he can get things figured out, like the Thunder are going to surprise some people. And uh, I think the surprise all starts with Shea and how good he's been. Uh, I thought he was really great in that Houston game. Again, 22 points, nine boards, four assists, uh, no turnovers that night. I I thought he was really good again. Yeah, he's been the best player on the team. Like, I, I, I maybe every single game already. Yeah, no question. Uh, which is just crazy yeah. as a, as a second year player to be to be that way, especially because you know. He was he was great last year with the Clippers, but he did not have nearly the freedom that he's he has right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the offense did not revolve around him, and there's a lot of points where they just like kind of let him do his thing. Like he he has his drives are just awesome to watch. They're, yeah. they're so different from uh, Westbrook. It's like polar opposite, mm-hmm. um, but in a good way. Like it's just it's just different, and and uh, I, I've really enjoyed watching him. I'd say the polar opposite of a Westbrook drive is a Nader drive. Um, <laughs> That's true. Yes. And I'm done with those. <laughs> I'm totally like, done with gosh, those. Gosh, he, he, he had one in that Houston game or wherever, whenever he got in that he drove. And right when he started driving, I was like, this is not going to end well. Where is he going with this? And he didn't shoot it. And I was like, oh, that's a good thing, maybe. But then he passed it, and I think it was a turnover. He's been brutal, man. He really, he's really struggling. All that Nader hype, man. I just can't, I can't believe there was actual Nader hype heading into this season. 
Yeah, of the of the guys who are actually playing minutes, his uh, like net rating is it's it's something like negative twenty nine. That seems right. Uh, yeah, I was looking that up last night. <laughs> that seems about right. Hey, Alex, I heard that you went to uh, some restaurants uh, over. Uh, over I years, did. I did a years. tour of OKC, and one of them happened to be one of our sponsors for today, which is the Mule. The Mule. I did go to the Mule. What did you What you have? Uh, so I get the turkey sandwich. Now, uh, unfortunately for me, I uh, can't eat dairy, okay. which uh, is pretty rough <laughs> at a restaurant that specializes in grilled cheese. Okay, okay. But I'm here to tell you that even without cheese, the turkey sandwich, which has avocado, I can't remember if it has bacon or not, um, but it has like a, uh, it may be a chipotle aioli, it has some kind of aioli on it that's Ooh, really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get You still get the toasted bread. So you get almost there with the grilled cheese, um, and I still I still love it. Like it's perfect for me. I don't even miss the cheese. I know other people would, but if you're if you're a, a no dairy person out there, still go to the Mule because the fries are worth it too. Oh, fries are so good. Yeah, I went there recently, got the BCLT and the onion rings, and it was delicious. So if you haven't been to the Mule just in general, like you, you need to go. Uh, but second, they're opening a Mule in Edmond on 16 South Broadway. They're opening. By Thanksgiving, so if you've got out of town people coming in day before, they'll be there after. Take them down to the Mule in Edmond; uh, it'll be great. It's the same Mule as the Plaza. Uh, they'll have Thunder stuff going on throughout the season there as well. So be on the lookout for that. You can follow them on social media at the Mule OKC. Great stuff. So support the people that support Down to Dunk and go check out the Mule. You want to play a game? Uh. Yes, I have games for you, too. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. So I want you to, in order, name the top four players in total touches so far this season. Oh, man. I actually just looked at this, but I didn't... I, I like, glanced at it. Okay. okay. So I know I know that Schroeder is number one. Number one, baby. 281 total touches. Um, and I believe Chris Paul was number two? Chris Paul is number two with 260 total touches. And Shea is number three? Yes, yeah, Shea is number three with 245 total touches. Uh, who would be four? Um, I mean, I, is it Adams? Oh, my goodness. It's Steven Adams. Two hundred. You got it perfect. Wow. 216 total touches, which is like horrifying that Steven is number four and he's just been so bad. And so, a part of it, part of with Steven is that he's so indecisive when he gets the ball. And I I don't like them giving the ball to him so far away from the basket. One, it frustrates me that we know he could be a threat from there and he won't be a threat from there. Uh, right. Because if you're not making quick decisions and you're just holding the ball, you're just killing the possession. And he's done that. He did that multiple times where he's just standing there, guys are moving, he doesn't make a fast enough decision the first time. When you don't do that, you're going through your second, third, fourth decisions, and it you can kind of see him thinking about it. Uh, and I think that's a problem. I think that's a problem for the Thunder offense. If he could turn and face and shoot, not that he he can turn, face, and shoot. He won't turn, face, and shoot. But if he would do that, uh, it might change some things. Because it gives him options. Because his only option when he's that far out is pass. And yeah, if he's not making true. if he's not making a quick decision, then it's ineffective. And so he's 
there's something going on with him, and he's got to he's got to get past it. Uh, and once he does, I think he'll be okay. But uh, so far, like I don't like the DHOs high up like that because he's he's only a threat to do one thing, and he's not being very effective at it. And we have, by the way, going back to his injury, we haven't heard anything about that since, right? I've not heard anything. Okay, so no. he he is still likely playing tonight against the Blazers. I, yeah, I haven't heard that he's not. Because we're going to need him against Hassan <laughs> coming <laughs> no. to town. Yeah, I I think we I think we do, but Nerlens was <laughs> so much better. Yeah, no, Nerlens was Nerlens. I mean, Nerlens for all of his faults. Yeah, and he has a lot been, of them. He has lots of faults. <laughs> he's always been pretty energetic. Yeah. And bouncy, which yeah. uh, Adams has not been early in the season. Right. And Noel made free throws. Uh, Steven Adams, he, made, he was 2 of 4 against Houston, but he's been really bad at the free throw line to start the season. Uh, it's, it, it's, I don't, I don't know what to do with it. I, I'm not somebody that's just going to say Steven Adams is toast. <laughs> he sucks now. <laughs> and the Thunder are stuck with his contract. Like, I'm not. One of those guys, uh, but I, I, I don't know what's wrong. Alex, our next sponsor for today, another one of your OKC restaurant tour spots. Yes, Anatomy Wine Club. Uh, tell, also went to Anatomy. Tell us about your experience at Anatomy. Uh, so my, me and my mother went. Uh, we went to Mexican Radio, the new taco place, and then we walked down the street for an uh, after lunch drink. Nice and. Uh, yeah, it was very cool, and my mom really appreciated that they allow you to get tasters yeah. um, of, of wine, so she tried a couple different wines. I had a beer at yeah. the wine club, of course. <laughs> In fact, I think that's where I had the uh, Astro Dog that I really oh, yeah. liked. Yeah, the Astro Dog is good. Which is really good. I actually went up and talked to the proprietor, uh-huh. uh, Hunter, Hunter Wheat yeah. was there. Mm-hmm. I said hello. Turns out, this was crazy, he used to live in Portland. Oh. And he lived one block away from where I used to live. <laughs> no. Like, I, but it, it, we our paths didn't cross. Uh-huh. Uh, so, anyways, I had a nice conversation with him. I, I uh, t- told him that I was on the podcast and all that. Yeah. So I felt like a huge dork saying that. <laughs> but I didn't know how else to introduce myself because, like, we went to the same high school, but I didn't know him that well in high yeah. school. Yeah. So I, I had to be like, "Hey, I'm Alex. I'm on down to dunk." <laughs> I felt like an idiot. Uh, but yeah, it was a really cool place. They have a, nice, a really nice bar and a lot of different um, ways to sit and yeah. relax. So <laughs> they, so they true. have like big tables mm-hmm. where you can sit with like a group of friends, but you can also go sit on a couch and watch uh, the football game that was on TV, or you can sit next to a fireplace. Yes, you know that's what me and my mother did. Have a nice little cozy uh, glass of wine. So I like that. There's like different environments. In, in, in like what's a relatively small restaurant, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a bunch of different areas you can go to. Yeah, it's very cool. They have a uh, $4 beer and shot deal there as well. They also have cocktails. Don't be fooled by the Anatomy Wine Club name. They have cocktails. They have beer. Uh, so it's a good place to go like after a Thunder game or right before the Thunder game uh, as well. It's just a, it's a cool spot. Uh, so the only thing... I have a question about them, though, because mm-hmm. there was a sign that said, check out our game room. Yeah. But Did then you... I forgot I forgot to like follow up on that. I didn't, so I didn't see what is the game room. Yeah, so they've got pool. They have darts in there. Where is that? Where was that? It's, in, it's 
to the left when you walk in, all the way to the back and to the left. And so that's where we actually oh, okay. had our trivia night. So many of oh. you that are listening right now know exactly where it's at. Uh, if you go all the way back and to the left, they have a projection screen in there that has they'll have whatever game that is most important on it. It'll have other TVs in there. So if you're looking for a place just to hang out and watch a game, it's actually a great place to watch a game as well. Nice. Awesome. So support the people that support Down to Dunk and go to anatomywineokc.com. What else? Uh, well, okay. The the, so, so the touches. Yeah. Dennis Schroeder being number one. Because mm-hmm. this goes back to an argument you, me, and Jay were having after the Houston game. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was getting all miffed and peeved because coming into the season, in my head, I was thinking – Oh man, Chris Paul is going to look so good. Like mm-hmm. he's finally has his his own team that he can run again. Like this is the ultimate point general. Like he's going to slot right into that role. Mm-hmm. This is going to be great for him. He is free from the shackles of James Harden. Right. We're just going to get to see a classic pure point guard <laughs> offense, you know? <laughs> and then early in the season it has just not been that. Like that is not the Chris Paul that we've seen. Yeah. And so I brought up, well, is this is this a coaching decision or even an organizational decision? Or is it Chris Paul being uninterested, which is a lot what a lot of other people think? Mm-hmm. Or is it uh, that he's washed, of course. You know, <laughs> we have to go there. We have to. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, because we, we never talked about this in the preseason, but I wanted to ask you, what should be the Thunder's top priorities this season? Mm -hmm. Because I think that will help you understand where I'm coming from. So I think we would, and I tried to keep it not too broad and not too specific. So like, not like uh, we need to work on Ferguson's corner three-point shot, like Mm -hmm. like that. But but I also don't want it to be like super broad, like we need to develop the young guys, okay? Mm -hmm. So I tried to make it in between that. So... I think you would agree that the number one priority for the Thunder this year is SGA's development. It's the maybe the only thing that really matters, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you're not going to like any of these other ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, we both agree on that, right? Yeah, Great. 100%. Okay, so I came up with some other ones. I'm just going to run through them. Okay. And you, you, you tell me if any of these jump out as like what should be their number two priority, okay? Okay. All right, so options are... Well, we have some other development guys. What about uh, Baisley's development? We have Ferguson's development. We have Diallo's development. So those are the three other like major young guys mm-hmm. that you could possibly want to develop this season. Okay, you could uh, trade Gallo because uh-huh. obviously he's an expiring, so you're not going to like necessarily build his value any more than it already is. But this is so that's an option. Uh, should one of their priorities be maximizing their lottery odds? What about figuring out if Billy Donovan is the coach of their future, and then. Uh, with CP3 and Shooter, I, Schroeder, I put trade slash build the value of CP3 mm-hmm. and or trade build the value of Dennis Schroeder. So th- those were like some, you know, not too broad, not too specific priorities I came up with for this season. Yeah. So wh- which of all those that you heard would you put number two? Oh, that's, that's really tough because I think that they're all going to happen to a degree. Uh, I would probably say trading Gallo and getting maximum value is probably number two. 
Uh, yeah, because that is the piece on the roster that is like the quickest path to another asset. Yeah, it's going like to a, a it's, quality asset. It's going to happen, and it needs to happen. Uh, I would say trading and building Schroeder's value is probably number three. Okay, that's where I disagree with you, and that's where all of this comes from. Okay, because I think that trading, or because I get it, and and you've been saying this since since the preseason that like Chris Paul's probably going to be here this year. It's just it's a weird trade market for him. The more likely scenario would be that he's traded after the season. Yeah. That's why I added in trade slash build the value of CP3. Uh huh. And I think that's way more important because. If he plays like he has in these first four games, which I get it, it's been four games, who cares? But if you come to the end of the season and you're looking at a Chris Paul that is massively declined from even last year. Yeah. And he's and he puts up something like fifteen, you know, four and five, like who is trading for that? Especially who is trading for that as a, like a neutral asset? Like you you would have to give up multiple picks to get off of that guy. He still has two years, 85 million left. Yeah. And like in my mind, the, the, the big, the two big differences between Schroeder and CP three in terms of building their value is one, their contracts, you know, Schroeder, let's say they can't trade him. Like he's an expiring next year. Who really cares? Like mm-hmm. they could buy him out if they wanted to. Whereas CP three has the two years, 85 million left, but also the past performance. Like I don't think you can build Schroeder's value. Like I, I think most people know who he is. He's been in the league for a long time now. I don't think he's fooling anyone. He's not fooling me. Clearly, he's fooling some of the the Thunder fans out there because they were they were getting on to me like, oh, but he's been so he's been the best player on the court in this Houston game. And I'm thinking to myself, we just watched this guy for an entire season. Like he was he, good though. Like he was good in that first half. Of course, he was good. He does this all the time. He did this last year. He would have little stretches where he looks nice, but yeah. he always turns back into Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, like it's it always is going to go back. Hey, I just and, hey, at least we're not the Warriors trying to start Marquise Chris and pretending that that could be a thing. Because oh, that's man, I, that is not a thing. Well, they uh, they gave up their uh, one small forward <laughs> to have the right to watch him. So. <clears throat> man, I the, okay, keep but, going. Wait, okay. The last thing, past performance, like CP three is a good player, has been a good player as recently as last year. Like I was looking up last year. In ESPN's RPM metric, which I know you can't use to rank for some reason, even though they're always presented as a rank. Not a ranking, right? (laughs) Not a ranking, so please don't take this as a rank. But he was the 12th ranked overall player last year in the ESPN RPM metric. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, which, whatever. Like, it's just, it's an overall statistic that involves both offense and defense. So I think it's worth mentioning that he was top 12 in the league. Again, not a ranking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, now, it was his first year that he dipped below, his PER dipped below 20, which is kind of crazy. He, he, his first 13 seasons in the league, he was over 20 PER, which wow. is kind of impressive as a guard because you mm-hmm. think of PER as a stat that favors big men like Cantor. Yeah. So it did, It was at 19.7. 13 straight seasons over 20. So I feel like he still has this cachet in people's minds as a potential game changer for a team that's trying to like get to whatever next level it is. Whether it's making the playoffs or becoming a home court advantage team in the playoffs. So I feel like we have to at least maintain that value for Chris Paul. And I don't feel... Like what's going on right now with the team, with him averaging like four assists per game or whatever, is getting us there. 
So that's yeah. why I think that should be a higher priority because we have to get off of this contract. Andrew, I can't watch this for three seasons. <laughs> Are you prepared to do that? They're not going to, it won't happen. Really? Okay. So let me ask you, Andrew, because right now, right now, as a trade asset, I don't mm-hmm. think you could get rid of them without giving up multiple picks. So would you rather give up multiple picks or have CP3 for three years? Can I disagree with the premise? With the premise? Why? What's to disagree with? Like who runs the NBA? That would be my question. Who like, runs uh, uh, Adam Silver? Like who? Uh, like the players run the NBA, right? China. <laughs> China runs the NBA. Uh, who decides where players? go right now like in the league it's for the most part when you're talking about high level players it's the high level players decide where they go and their friends decide where they go so you're saying chris paul still has friends that are young enough in the league not saying that they have to be young i just think that people (laughs) that there are other players in the league that are going to want to play with chris paul and there's going to be teams with cap space next year that have nowhere to spend it nowhere to spend it and would you rather spend fifteen million on a player that's not very good? Because there's going to be a lot of bad players looking for contracts next summer. Or would Where's, you rather spend forty four on a guy who's not pretty good? What I'm saying, this is why we have to build his value. He, he is still a good player. Like he can still shoot it. He can still facilitate. I don't think he's playing with a lot of uh, uh, oomph right now. And I, I think that he could play better, but. I'm not worried about it. Like, I'm just not worried about it. They're not, I will tell you, this Thunder team is not going to trade for 15 first-round picks and then trade a couple to get rid of Chris Paul's contract. I think that they would rather even get to the last two years of his deal and say, hey, if they can't trade him, hey, you want to go, you want to play here another year or do you want to take a buyout? And I think... Yeah, I mean, maybe we can set a record for... uh amount given up in a buyout i mean i think that if chris is that desperate to get out i think they would trade him honestly i don't think there's a lot of concern on the thunder side for the chris paul contract number or chris paul um i don't think there's i i don't believe there's any concern about uh, what about, about what about my concern? What about my concern? It doesn't sound like you're listening to my concern. <laughs> I hear I hear what you're saying. <laughs> no, but I think that they can I think they can trade Schroeder. He's on a tradable deal. <clears throat> I think that he's a guy that somebody some team could say we don't have enough ball handlers on the team. He's a guy that can at least handle the ball and score in spots. You know, he averaged like almost 15 points per game last year. For the Thunder, I think that he's a guy that teams could talk themselves into. Heck, we talked ourselves into him. You know, yeah, we did. The Thunder talked themselves into him. I think that he's a he's a he's not a great player. He's not a starting level player. He's not a player that should be playing thirty five minutes a night. Uh, he certainly should not be leading a team in touches per game. Uh, but I think that if he's like your fourth or fifth or sixth best player. And you have good top end talent. It's not the worst. He's not the worst guy to have. And I think that he's on a, a tradable contract. And so I, that's why I would place him, you know, I mean, ar- around three as a priority. Because I think it's yeah, possible. I, I think it's possible. I don't. I don't think it's very possible in season this year for a Chris Paul trade to happen. I don't. I don't see a path. Yeah. I don't see a path to it. And I get that. It's more like I, when we get to the end of the season, I, I would like him to have at least as much value as he had at the beginning of this season. 
which any, wasn't any bite. I mean, they, they, play, they played four games. So like we just, well, well, Andrew, what is that? I don't know percentages. That's what is that? Ten percent of the season, probably. <laughs> it's five percent. It's a full five percent of the season. Yeah, yeah, that's something. Well, okay, so if so, if they trade Dennis Schroeder, though, I know that I was just then you could about actually that. build that. Could, you could actually build the value then because one taking two hundred and eighty-one touches over the course of four games away, they're gone. Yes. Um, and you get you have to distribute those, and I don't think they're going to get back a player that's going to be uh, similar to Shooter. I think that they would like to get some kind of pick back. He's seventy touches a game is what it is per game, so you have to redistribute that. And some of those are going to Chris Paul. They're going to Shea. They're going to Gallon. I would prefer them to trade Shooter before they trade Gallinari because I think it would allow his game to open up some more too, because uh, they would they would need him to. Uh, and then it gets kind of scary because, like, uh, is is it – well, they, one, they need to get the ball to Terrence Ferguson a lot more. And Ferguson – I mean, uh, Schroeder has been a guy that's looked off Ferguson quite a bit in these first four games. Uh, so he needs – I mean, he has less touches per game than Baisley, Diallo, Nerlens, Mascala. Has he taken 10 shots total yet? He's taken – He's had a 15 total points. I know that for sure because I was giving Royce Young trouble yesterday because he said he would average 15 points per game and he's av- he's shot <laughs> 15 shots. He's uh, taken 12 shots. All right. So very cool. And like he's shooting 37 percent from three. It's not. I mean, he had a he had a worse start last year. <laughs> Believe it or not, he had a worse start to the season last year. Now, are, are you not as fired up this year because the team just like the the outlook isn't as bright? Not as fired up in what? Well, what do you mean? Uh, this exact time last year, you had bought pitchforks on Amazon, <laughs> and you had, you had shipped some torches to your house, and you're you're getting ready. You were trying to get all the down to dunk. You 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 told them it was going to be a live pot event, but really you were taking pitchforks and torches down to the peak, yeah. to try to get them. To, to send Ferguson to the G League. Yeah, I was very upset. <clears throat> I was also hosting my my own local radio show, which was... Uh, it's uh, oh, Local you- radio does something to you, where you just like <laughs> want to get fired up. Wow, so you um, think that you kind of like... You, you got influenced because you I were think, on local radio, so you, know you had what? hotter takes. I think that actually might be true. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, Ferguson... I think he's going to be fine. I think we've seen him start poorly before. He's started much worse than this before. I, I think he. I'm. I think he's going to be fine. And also, the best path for this team is not through a guy like Terrence Ferguson. And last year they needed him to be good. Like they needed him to be a good player. And he ended up being okay. He ended up having a good season. Uh, but last year the stakes were high. You know this was. How many years do we think they had left? Like two, and if they're not good this year, then what are they going to do? And like they're going to have to trade these guys. And it didn't. It didn't feel at the time that they could get a whole lot of value, even from Paul George. It was like, what are you, are you getting something from Paul George that's going to you know completely like catapult you into an, a nice rebuild? And it didn't. I didn't know. Like I had no idea. You know what you could get for Paul George. I thought you'd get something good. I didn't think you'd get something as good as they got. 
and then like how do you trade Russell and who do you trade Russell to and how does that work? You know, there's just there's a lot and that and, like those things at the time were like scary to think about. You know, like what yeah. what's going to happen here? And the fact they ended up with a guy like SGA uh, is huge because if they didn't end up with SGA and they ended up with just more picks and role players. Uh, maybe I would be a little bit more fired up about Terrence Ferguson being terrible. But the truth is, the future of this team probably doesn't even lie in the hands of SGA. The The future of this team lies in the future picks, mostly including the Thunder's own picks, is where they really get the true value from. You can't choose the value that you get out of the Clippers and Rockets picks. You hope that they're bad uh, here in the next five years like you hope that they're really bad and you get to have nice picks but the true value lies within the thunders picks and you can control those to a degree and so uh i think that shea is the focus for now uh but i i think that the thunder have their sights set on like actual potential superstars and shea could be that i'm not saying he can't be that and he isn't that um, I don't know yet. I think he's awesome. I think he's very, very good. Can he be a multi-time all-star? I don't, I'm not sure yet. Uh, I think he could be. Uh, is he a superstar? I don't know. I'm not saying he's not. I don't know. But I think that they have their sights set on bringing more superstars to the city. And I think through the draft is the way to do it. I mean, you have to look at the way the Thunder did it the first time. So they built through the draft. They got lucky as all get out to get those three guys uh, three years in a row. That's not going to happen again, but if you can at least do a Sixers-type rebuild where they hit on two out of five, and they're an awesome yeah. team. And if you could do something like that and add SGA into that, now like you really have something. And so I think that makes the most sense. And that's And I'm not... I'm not fired up about this particular team or really anything that happens with this particular team uh, because like the future of the Thunder is ahead of us and a potentially very, very bright future. And you look at this Western Conference in itself, like is, is this the time to like be trying to go for it? I mean, just think about how stressed out you'd be right now. No Paul George. We probably have around the same number of shooter touches on this team, but they matter way more, you know? Uh, right. And Russ trying to lead the way. And the Russ has looked really good. That's, that's great. Uh, this is a different team. He doesn't have James Harden taking 22 free throws in a game, uh, on the squad. He's got, uh, he's got 281 shooter touches. So, yes, I mean, it's <laughs> think about how we'd feel with that kind of pressure and Steven starting the way he is. I mean, it would be, they may have the same record, you know, oh, I, with, I, I don't with that team. I, I, I guess what I'm struggling with is, on the one hand, like I loved the Sixers process. I know a lot of people didn't, but like that was that was when I started following the Sixers again. They used to be my favorite team mm-hmm. back when Iverson played, and then I just fell off in those in between years because it was so boring. They were, they just didn't have any kind of identity. And say what you will, but Hinky gave that team an identity. Yeah. During that period, he gave their fan base an identity during that period, and now they're reaping the benefits of it. And even though they didn't even do like a full, true, like process because they fired Hinky, but I, I almost, I was so out, going into this season, I knew that was in the future, 
but I was kind of like a little bit hyped for this team because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they could still be good. So maybe this will just be like this random year where, you know, we still get to watch like decent basketball before like the real process hits. And so I'm just I guess I'm just disappointed because I, I went into the season thinking I'm just going to be a regular normal fan yeah. that gets upset at normal things because I want my <laughs> team to win. I'm going to do this for one more season. And then they're one in three. And, you know, so now I'm just like a little bummed out about it. And so now they're one in three. And I'm like, well, let's just start the let's just blow it all up right now. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for the process right now. Oh, I know. And the so thing is, I'm like, you look at their with. schedule, though, like Utah you can, and the Wizards game should have been the one that they won. Right. Like if you look right. at these first yeah. four games, uh, Golden State, Houston. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, they should be two and two. They should be. They should be two and two. They they should have beaten the Wizards at home. Like that that should have happened. They should be two and two. But at this point, I I can't I can't bring myself to care about it because I the things that I think that we should be caring about as a Thunder fan base is I is Shea progressing? Is he getting better this season? Is he getting more opportunities? And I would say the answer is yes. Like he's he's getting the opportunities, he's getting the experience as a guy that has the ball in his hands a lot. I'd like for it to be more, uh, but it's been quite a bit. Uh, and he's he took the in the fourth quarter of that Houston game. He was the guy, and I really like seeing that because the in the fourth quarter of the Jazz game he was not, and that was like okay, like I hope this is not a trend. Has not been a trend. I think the Shea is. The priority, and I think that he's almost forced the Thunder's hand on that. Whether the Thunder want him to be the priority or not, I think that they do want him to be. But he's been so good that he has to be the priority. He has to be the priority. He's the only guy that you can look at on this roster and say, like, we hope that that guy is around in eight years. You know, everybody else, I don't know, but I think him for sure. Like, he's the guy, and so. That's the main priority. If you can get more out of Baisley, like I, I really like some of the stuff that Baisley does. I ho- I would like to see him drive more like he did in the preseason. I'd like to see them put the ball in his hands a little bit more because I think that's what he does best uh, is driving in and, and finding players. I'd like to see that more when he's in the game and not so much spot up because I think spot up for him, uh, although helpful to a team to have a, a bigger guy that can spot up, I don't ultimately think that that's going to be his true game and he's going to have to hit a spot up three if he's going to be an effective nba player but i would just like to see him driving and dishing more uh but like to me it's those things that ferguson i think ferguson's kind of a known quantity at this point i think he can get better i think that he can become a better better and stronger defender i already think that he's good uh and if he can just become a consistent three-point shooter like you have that's that's really solid. Lots of teams are looking for a guy that can do both those things. And so, to me, mainly, that's what I'm looking for in these games. Wins and losses, it, I root for them to win during the game, but uh, ultimately, I think this <laughs> this team's future is way ahead of them. Like You root for them to win during the game, but you don't crazy post after the game exactly that's exactly right <laughs> see that's the part i haven't gotten to yet <laughs> i haven't disconnected those two things yet right i and i understand like i with the thought of them being able to win in houston you know the first time they played russell that would have been amazing 
that would have been amazing. And it looked like they had a real chance to do it, and then they completely blew it in the third quarter. And somebody needs to be held accountable. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess Billy Donovan's the guy. That, I mean, man, could he have a lower approval rating right now? I know it, it feels kind of bad because honestly, I don't really know like what I mean. I don't really know what I want to see. Yeah, I just I don't know. I've never felt like the Thunder roster is being optimized. There's but there's always little things like we want certain guys to be playing more minutes certain guys to be playing less minutes and i guess right now my my big thing is dennis Schroeder playing two minutes but if if you told me that you're from the future that'd be wild if you told me you were from the future and you said hey they trade dennis Schroeder as a neutral asset uh-huh. in in december mm-hmm. okay or, or or in jan early january and after that it's just shea and cp3 one of them's on the court at all times they're 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 running the offense for the rest of the season. Like, yeah, I would I would be totally down with that. That would that would uh, soothe me. That would yeah. relax me. It's an addition by subtraction thing for the Thunder, I think. And if they can get, I mean, if you can get like a quality second round pick for him, and I know like people are like, oh, why why would you want that? Listen, like, this is playing the long game here. Dennis Schroeder is, if that's what you get for him, awesome. Like I think that that would be good enough. Because again, you're not only just getting a second round pick; you're you're getting more development for a guy like Shea and more pressure on Shea, which I think he needs. Like I think he needs to have the ball more. I think he needs to have a little bit more pressure. And that, and Chris Paul sticking around all season, I think it ultimately be a good thing for Shea because that's that's the guy I want teaching Shea. Like part of me in the game thinks, oh boy, like Dennis Schroeder's not gonna like gonna be an influencer on shay is he like let's we gotta get this guy out of here like i he's been good and i've i i have destroyed him in every episode of the podcast so far (laughs) we have sufficiently today he's been good i think he's a fine player i don't like him on this team i don't like him for this team i think that he actually could help them win some games not super interested in that not super interested in having more shooter possessions i'm just not well, I look forward to the Schroeder trade calls because I don't know if uh, we're going to find a team. Ooh, that's a good <laughs> idea. That's a good. That's a good segment. It could be a really short segment for Friday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need to figure out like who is even an option. I know. Like, I I was like, oh, maybe Minnesota. And then I looked at like Jeff Teague put up twenty one points the other night. I was like, oh, well, maybe you know, maybe not them. Maybe not them. Well, it's got to be somebody, right? Maybe you think I, I mean it I might haven't take, looked yet. <laughs> it might take an injury. I mean, everyone needs a ball handler, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh. Um, okay, I have some. I have some, uh, real quick. I have some trivia questions for you. Okay. Small sample trivia. So these are trivia just about the first four games of the season. Not necessarily. So a, few, a couple are about uh, the Thunder, but it's more general league wide. Um, okay, Andrew. There are three teams. That are top five in three point attempts and free throw attempts. Who are they? Houston. Correct. So we're talking Mori Ball. Uh, three Minis- pointers and free throws. Minnesota? Yes, Minnesota. Uh, Atlanta? Last one is Dallas. Okay. Yeah, but I, I, and originally I was just uh, going to mention that because we had talked about the Timberwolves in the preseason, mm-hmm. how they got this Houston GM, how how much would it really change how they played on the court? 
is changed dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Timberwolves they, are not the same team. Yep. They're not. And Wiggins is kind of buying in so far. And they've been they've been good. Uh okay. There is currently only one team that is top ten in offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. Who is that team? Oh my. There's only one of them. Huh. Oh boy, who is that? Uh, well, that's probably not Philly because their offense is not stellar. Uh, is it Minnesota? No, it is the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, Lakers! Lakers! It's the Dwight Howard Lakers. Yeah, and that probably has more to do with their schedule because um, other than the Clippers, they haven't really played anyone. They they beat the Grizz last night. Congrats. Um, okay. They beat Utah. Oh, did they? Yeah, they beat Utah. Oh, that's a nice win. They killed Charlotte. Killed and they killed Charlotte. Memphis. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, next one. There are currently four teams that are bottom 10 in offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. Who are they? Charlotte. Actually, uh, no, wait, now I'm looking at it. There's five. <laughs> okay. Okay, Charlotte is correct. Uh, Sacramento. Correct. Indiana? Yes. Chicago? No. Oh. Uh, the Knicks? Correct. Can you get all five? The Pelicans? Nope. Um, One more guess. Final guess. The Magic? No, no, not the Magic. Can I, can I, can I take that one back? Please, 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 please. Fine. I know it's not. I know it's not. I know it's not for a fact. Um, the Zards? Nope. We just talked about them. The Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, okay. Oh, they're so uh, fun, though. They're so fun. Yeah, and I think of those teams, um, obviously the Kings and the Pacers are the two that are surprising. And I would say the yeah. Pacers are even more surprising to me just because they play in the East. The fact that they're 0-3 right now. I Hey, I, I called the Pacers out right before the season in my uh, bold predictions. You did. That's true. <laughs> I, um, I called TJ Warren a known loser, <laughs> <laughs> which is just... It's just a, a bright shining star for me right now. <laughs> I come up with that in my bio. <laughs> no loser. Uh, okay, now some two thunder ones. Okay, uh, which of these hustle stats is OKC top five in through four games? Okay, okay, we got deflections per game, mm-hmm. charges drawn per game, box outs per game, contested shots per game, and screen assists per game. Contested shots. That is correct, Andrew. Yes. Wow. They've, been, they've really done well contesting the three so far. They have. And leading into that, or going from that, <laughs> uh, Thunder opponents. Do you know what they're shooting from three currently? <laughs> is it like 25% or something? 22% Woo. from three. Do you know what the worst opponent three-point percentage in the league last year was? Uh, 31%. Thirty-three point nine. Wow. So this, uh, yes, they're a top five defensive team technically right now, but as soon as teams start hitting threes at a relatively normal clip, <laughs> that is going to change drastically. Man, Harden has been so bad from three. Yeah, he's, he's been. I think he's been bad overall. Have you seen uh, his three point percentage? Uh, I did. But I was looking more at. I, I know his field goal percentage is not great. I, Try to guess his three-point percentage. 
Um, is it what? It must be a real bad. So I'm getting it's like 21. 15. So far. Are you there? Did you die, Andrew? Yeah. Alex. Andrew. Hey, can you hear me? Andrew. Oh no. Oh, there you are. <laughs> it was really funny because I was telling you that he shot 15 percent from three, and then you just like dropped off the face of the earth. <laughs> Sorry about that. 15. <laughs> wow. On thir- fun. 13 threes a game. You know, I didn't. I, I forgot to write this down uh, or type it down. It was really funny. I was looking at their transition plays. Yeah. So I think both Harden and Westbrook are top five in number in, in number of transition possessions per game. Mm-hmm. And points per possession, Russ is above one uh, by like a decent margin. And Harden's at 0.84, which I just thought was interesting because obviously transition is where like Westbrook has thrived throughout his entire career. Um, so it's nice to see him doing well. And I don't know what Harden's transition game has been like throughout his career. I don't even think of him as a transition player, um, no, even he's, though he's he clearly is up there. Yeah, he just transitions into uh, step-back threes is what he does. Yes, he does do that. Hey, I think Shea hit a step-back three in that game, didn't he? I, I can't speak definitively on that. I don't. Because I, I just uh, did you see that that ret- those tweets I retweeted from Cole's Wicker talking about Shea? Uh-uh. He he was just saying like how weird Shea's game is and yeah. but how much he likes him, and he was saying like I think he has a chance to be the best guard who can't who, who's like not elite at ISO step back threes basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you look at like the top guards in the league like with Damian Lillard or James Harden or even like Doncic. Like the the ISO step back three is really becoming like a, a marker of a an elite guard mm-hmm. in the league right now, mm-hmm. and so he was saying like I think Shea could be the best guard in the league without that, yeah. which is probably true because his release is so slow. He would have to like signif- get significantly better at that. Yeah, but yeah, he, I- he he was saying like how much he he oh you know what he called him I can't believe you didn't see this tweet he said he's the guard version of Pascal Siakam, <laughs> which I kind of get. And I, I don't even hate it. He is. He he is. I don't see the retweet from you. I'm going to look at oh, it. Oh, it's probably because I deleted all my tweets. <laughs> um, that makes sense, and and that's why I think like he could thrive. Like, he could thrive next to a lot of different guys, but I think he could thrive next to a guy that could be a guy that hits a step back three, you know, um, as another guard on the team. And so I, I'm excited. I think he's a really good. It's a really good starting point uh, for the Thunder to have a guy like that that can do so many things, but yet, like he can fit next to point guards. He fits in a three guard lineup uh, that I don't particularly like, but he he fits okay in that. And so uh, there's there's a lot to like about Shea, and his versatility is definitely one of them. Well, Andrew, you uh, you talked me off the ledge today, so now you have to talk uh, Jay off the ledge. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Friday, Friday will be interesting. It might, it might be a harder task. <laughs> it, Jay was fired up in our text. It will, it will be a, a much harder task. Uh, okay, anything else before we go, Alex? 
No, I think that's it. They play the Blazers tonight. They do. Oh, the return of Dame, who uh, killed the last version of the Thunder. That is true. He's come back for seconds. <laughs> His, uh, what, what's their in, the injury status for that team? Do you know? Uh. So Zach Collins hasn't been playing. Yeah, he dislocated his shoulder. Um, Hassan has, <laughs> and uh, I don't. I, I don't think anyone else is injured. Okay, hold on, hold on, checking it real quick. No pal. Oh, uh, no pal, and no Collins. So yeah, just all their big men. I forget every time that pal's actually on their team. Yes, <laughs> yes. Until right now, when you mentioned it. Hey, how's the how's all the, all the Anthony Simons fans doing? I th- I think pretty good. He's he's been solid. Okay. <laughs> don't you think? I mean, for, I don't know. Like like last game, he had ten points. Like, what what do you really want? Like, I don't know. There was a he, lot of hype. Lots of hype. I know, but he's not going to get a chance to like truly blow up on a team with Damon CJ. I think the fact that they can even find him, like. Two of his games this year, he played 21 minutes. The fact that they can even find him 21 minutes with this roster yeah. is impressive on its own. Because both of those top two guards, they're probably playing like 35 minutes a night. I'm just saying, lots of hype. You're a hater. He shot over <laughs> 50% in three of his four games. <laughs> Doesn't seem good enough to me. If now, I can... One of those games, he only had three points. So he's probably one for two. But <laughs> still... Oh man! Uh, follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Thanks for listening to our podcast, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. <laughs>